Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. My next guest, Gabby, is a shadow integration and intuitive business coach who designed and created her practice based on her own experience of overcoming blocks, finding inner peace, and creating what she wanted in each area of her life. Gabby credits this expansion to the shadow work that she's done and is now using it to help other women. Gabby also helps women strategize and build community, and her approach is rooted in a blend of business strategy and soul work. Gabby, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So (laughs) I know you're originally from the Dominican Republic and you currently reside in United States and Florida. So I would love to start here. How did you end up moving countries? So I moved when I was 19 I moved with my family, actually. So my mom was brought on as an expat through her company. And in in a lot of Latin American countries, it's different from the U.S. I imagine it's similar in Canada um, to the U.S. where at 18, people leave the house. Um, that doesn't really happen in Latin America. In Latin America, you kind of leave your house when you get married. Um, <laughs> so, so I was living at home with my parents and working and going to college when my mother suddenly sprung this news on us that we were moving to the U.S. And it was a really funny story because I had always thought I would move to the U.S. I didn't think I was going to have to come with them. (laughs) I was like, I'll be free. I'll be on my own. And then it turns out that the whole crew came. But that's how we ended up here in the first place. Oh, wow. Okay. And what was it that made you feel back then that you were going to be in the States? I well, I think growing up in DR in like the eighties and nineties, you were I was very exposed to American culture. And we would come to the US almost every year on vacation. And it was just this feeling of um I just felt more expansive than my current environment allowed me to experience. And it was kind of a knowing, even if I couldn't really have put it in those words back then. But I knew I needed to be in like a bigger playground. Okay. So you moved when you were 19. We can't, the family came over. So yes. did you continue that kind of tradition where you stayed with your family until you got married? Or what did that look like? Or did, since now you moved to America, did you like, see you later? I'm getting in my own place. That would have been nice, but no. <laughs> I, had it been under my terms, I absolutely would have done that. But I was on a like dependent visa from my mom. I couldn't even get a job. So I was there for another couple of years until I got a, my own separate student visa and I went to grad school kind of on my own. And that's when I moved on my own after college. Okay. So, and what was it that you got into when you went to grad school? Where did your journey kind of start? My God. So that was uh, a lifetime ago and so many careers ago. 
But at the time, I honestly wanted to stay in the US. And so my decisions came from a very sensible place of like, what career can I pursue where I could be sponsored for a visa and stay? Um, and so at the time, the thing that felt most, um, the thing that I could stomach the most, where I still kind of enjoyed was human resources. And so I have a master's degree in HR. Um, which I pers like, I actually worked in the first few years of my career, but I've, it's been a long time since then. Okay. And then what kind of follow? Cause I feel like it's really interesting when we, you know, sometimes when we get started on our path, we have this vision or this, this one starting point that leads us and connects us on this journey. These dots just go from here to here, to here, to here, to create a picture in the end. I feel like it's so interesting to kind of paint that picture and um, talk about where you kind of were led next and next and next in these different careers and where did you dabble in to then get you to where you are today. So what did that look like? You got your master's in HR, you got sponsored with your visa. So you are now an American citizen. And I know that process is just from talking to people like a huge undertaking. So once you actually got your footing and, and were a citizen, did that kind of give you like this, this vision or this freedom to branch out and now try something new or did it take a, some yes. time? Yes, yes, yes. It absolutely did. It was all very like interesting time-wise because as I was um, pursuing the visa process with the company that I ended up getting hired with, I also ended up marrying an American citizen. And so anybody who knows about the visa process knows that that track, let's call it, to like having your green card and becoming a citizen is much faster. And so I decided to pursue it through my marriage and eventually get it. And so it, it was like an interesting situation because in 2009, I actually became a U.S. citizen and Two months later, I get laid off. I was working at a hedge fund in New York City, and it was the time where all of this was going on. And suddenly, I had a severance package, which was like so fab. I, I couldn't believe that I had that. And it was honestly the first time in my entire life that I was like, what do I even want to do? Like, I actually have, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be a nurse? Like, I was like, anything is possible. Um, and what I, what I decided to do at the time was actually, I had been feeling this sort of itch to try new things and do new things because my, my work wasn't fulfilling me in a way that I knew I deeply wanted. And so at the time I had been volunteering for different organizations, um, and just spending all my free time doing things that I was passionate about, just in an effort to fill my days with things that I loved. And in the absence of being able to do this through my work. And it actually opened up a lot of possibilities and expansion for me, but it also literally opened up a new job opportunity. So I had been volunteering for Planned Parenthood of New York City, which is an organization that works in sexual reproductive health, um, not, not only services, but also advocacy and rights. And so I ended up getting a job with Planned Parenthood Federation of America. So the national organization really advocating for um, specifically working with um, Latinos in the U.S. So really advocating for sexual reproductive health rights and services um, from that standpoint. So it was kind of my dream job. I took a massive pay cut and I didn't care. Like I was 
so, so happy. And I, I do believe that that was the moment that like put my professional life on a different track where I could wrap my head around that the thing that I woke up and did every day for a living was something that brought me joy and made me happy. And I was fulfilled by. Mm, And isn't that the truth that so many of us are led by a salary or a paycheck, or that's the thing that is guiding our decisions. And when you like how beautiful that you got laid off and got this severance package, like, and actually got to think about what is it that is kind of pulling you forward or what would you like to do? Because if we don't stop for a minute, sometimes we just let the the paycheck lead us and it really Absolutely. isn't fulfilling us or bringing us any joy. And like you said, you did have a paid cut, but you were so fulfilled going in to do your work. So yeah. 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 And the stakes were high because I, I also neglected to mention that when I accepted this job, I was, I think, two and a half months pregnant. I was living in New York with New York rent. I mean, at the time I had my my first husband and he was like supportive and I wasn't doing it alone, but certainly it took some sacrifice and some ovaries to just say like, we're going to go for this because this is what feels right. And this is the moment when it happens to be happening. And so let's go. Oh so, yeah. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Tell us all about New York. That's so great. I have my, my girlfriend. Ah, lived <laughs> she lived in New York. So I got this mug when I went there, but she was working as a designer there and just so happened. My son was 10 months old. I was on mat leave. He could fly for free. We flew to New York and she gave us like this little tour of New York. And let me tell you, it is like something else, especially coming from like mm-hmm. Northern Alberta, the prairies, um, to <laughs> New York, so different. Like, this concrete chunk, this concrete jungle. Like, was I ever so happy to see grass when I got back home? But, um, tell us about your experience in New York because you came from the Dominican Republic. And yes. so I imagine like from the, the vegetation, the way of life, everything was so different. And now you're in New York, you're pregnant, you are kind of taking this big leap of faith. So what, what did that all look like? So I have found that there are two kinds of people. There are the people who are like, they're like, I can, I can be in New York for a weekend and that's fine. <laughs> and then there are the people who love it unapologetically. And I am in the second group. I can't even explain it, but I have just, I land in that place and it feels like home. And I have, I haven't lived there now for 12 years and I still land there. We're actually flying there at the end of the week. And I know my heart is going to be tugged and I'm going to feel like it is in my bones. It is part of me. I just feel so at home there. And I always have ever since like we traveled there as a teen. I It's just something about the aliveness of the city and the possibility and the just it's just so fun and so vibrant. And I think that one of the reasons that I was there for so long is that I lived in Brooklyn. Which is, if you can imagine a much more like quiet neighborhoody version 
of what people love about New York City as a whole, but it wasn't swarming with tourists. It was a little quieter. The park was nearby. I had most of my friends within like a 10 block radius. I ran into people I loved all the time. Like I knew the name of the people who owned the mom and pop shops in my block. Like it was a very community um, driven experience, which I feel like it's quite rare. And, you know, I, I keep trying to recreate it everywhere I go, but I don't, I don't know that I will. <laughs> I think that that's just like a special New York thing. So, yeah. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I know you, my girlfriend is the exact same, like the culture and the energy and the vibe. And like you said, the possibility and, and all of it, it is a magical place, such a, yeah, such a cool, cool experience that you found that community within. And so like you said, in the beginning, you went from kind of career to career to career to different jobs along the way. So how long did you stay in this position and what kind of shifted you on to the next thing? So this is where there is, so I don't know if you are familiar with astrology, but there is something called your Saturn returns, which is like every 28 years or so Saturn comes around to your chart and um, the idea of the Saturn returns is that it comes and like completely upends your life. <laughs> it messes with everything. And so during my Saturn return, I got laid off, got pregnant, had a completely new career switch, got divorced, and then switched careers again. <laughs> so I had like everything happen during this time. But I think like my ex-husband and I were definitely like on the wrong track, like even as I got pregnant. So by the time my son turned one, we were already splitting up. And so in that moment, I had an old boss who was working at an at a like a digital marketing agency, which because in Planned Parenthood, I was working in communications. And so she said, Gabby, do you want to come over here? And I needed to pay for diapers. And I was like alone with this baby now. And so my career that I thought would kind of go down the track of advocacy and nonprofit organizations suddenly went the communication track of like advertising and um, community management, social media and strategy and digital marketing and all that, that sort of realm. And so that is how I wound up doing the work that I would later go on to do for, for a few more years because of circumstances. I think it was just a moment where I had like experienced life from purely fulfilling place. And then kind of like from that more fulfilled place, I get I got to make a more sensible decision again. And I think it's so important of recognizing that it's not like one thing happens in our life and then all of a sudden we're on this like linear path that is like set. It's never linear. Certainly it hasn't been for me at all. Like I, and I have come to understand that I'm the kind of person that every three years or so, I'm going to get bored. Like every three years or so, whatever I'm doing, I'm either going to add a brand new layer to it, or I'm going to change it entirely. And I have made peace with that for a long time. It drove me insane that I had this itch and this urge to change so much, but I just think it's part of my nature. Um, and I have decided to embrace that I am better off when I like accept it. And I, that the version of me that shows up is more powerful when I embrace it. Mm, okay. So this like uprising, uplifting, like that is a lot 
to take oh, yeah. place. Oh my gosh. And so you're still in New York with your little one. Yeah. And yeah, wow. Just life through this massive curveball. And I love that you bring that point up that it's never really linear. I think some of us, you know, kind of want to jump onto that and ride the wave out, but there's always different, um, different layers and and different things that show up in different areas of growth and turmoil. And it's, it's not this linear path. So, um, I also love that you brought up that you got to this point where you embraced your I don't know if it's like creativity, newness, um, possibility, all of the, the vibrancy that comes with that, where it's not, some people are okay staying in a place and kind of riding it out. And that feels really good. And it's comfortable and that there's no pull to do anything else. And then there's some people like you, and I feel like this so in me that it's like, there is just so much richness and more and variety and um, you can tweak things in so many different ways and it's just feels so great. So you are now with your son paying for diapers, kind of making it through. And so how long did it take for you to add another layer, change it up, switch again? Well, I, I think this, this time was definitely like life circumstances moving me in this direction because somehow I lasted almost a year on my own in New York city with a full-time job and a kid in daycare, like through winters and all of it until my parents who were in South Florida were like, are you insane? We want to help you <laughs> come down here. <laughs> and, and they finally asked me in the moment where it was ridiculous for me to continue to say no. Um, and as, as you heard me speak about New York city earlier, it was not an easy farewell but it was 100% the right decision at the time. And so I moved down to Miami and I ended up working in uh, um, making a home here, right? Like finding my home and my place here. And I ended up working in advertising down here. So I found an agency here. I was really happy. And then sort of the, the next, of course, three years later, the next big, big upheaval was this feeling of having reached a point in my career where I um, was senior enough and I was looking around, this is how New York spoils you. And I'm a total like admitted New York snob. Like I will like compare everywhere to New York because it is where I spent my formative adult years and because I love it. But it actually, being a New York snob in a way it like kind of helped me here because I, there were actually, I was interviewing for positions in other places and there weren't available, right? Because there aren't that many jobs, there aren't that many companies, there aren't that many opportunities. And what I did find in South Florida, which I think was very unique for me in that time, was I looked around and most everybody I knew um, who worked in marketing had their own business. Like most everybody I knew had their own company. And I was like, wait a minute, I had never considered that ever. And to see that around me and to see how doable it felt and at the time, my son was four years old, and I just like really wanted to pick him up at school and hang out with him in the afternoons and, and have my time belong to me. I didn't even care if I had to log on again at night, but I wanted to spend so much more time with him, and I didn't want to be stuck in a cubicle until I could see him. And so that was one of the major motivators. That and like really coming um, to a head where I felt like 
the corporate environment was far too small for my creativity. And I wanted to create so much more. And I always felt like it was like 5% of what I could create was approved. And I was just like, F this. I want to create 100% of what I come up with. And so those two factors led me to start my own business. And so that was in 2014. And so it's been nine years now. Oh. Actually, this month, nine years. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. That must feel Thank so you. good. Um, I can completely relate to that where you working under someone, I guess, I don't even know if I'm putting this into the right words, but that your creativity where I felt it like capped, it's like, well, there's these policies and procedures and there's this and yes. And it's like, it just doesn't go anywhere, but the possibilities that are just so rich and out there and available that you found this place where it's like, okay, 5% to a hundred percent. So tell us about this kind of transformation. What happened when you started this company and tell us all about this company. So I first started as an agency because it was honestly the only thing I knew how to be. It was the business model that I had been involved with and it was what I understood. And I also understood that at the time I had a very marketable skill. This is 2014. And I had at that point, maybe five years of experience running social media, running social media accounts, running social media departments, like doing strategy. So I knew that there were a lot of people out there that needed what I had to give. And so that off the bat was a very, um, it eased the transition into entrepreneurship where um, within a few short months, I was already making the same amount of money that I had been making earlier with my own clients and learning all the ins and outs of what it meant to run a business. Um, The interesting transition that came from that is that that was like pretty great and I was enjoying it. And then suddenly I realized that there was like a level of fulfillment and enjoyment that I could access that I didn't even know. And it came from like from wanting to be part of these like new entrepreneur worlds. I'm like, how does this work? And how do people do this? And like, let me go to entrepreneur groups. And there, this was um, around a time where there were a lot of gatherings of women entrepreneurs. There was a lot of buzz around women entrepreneurs and there were a lot of gatherings specifically for women. And I found that I, A, was meeting the most incredible people there that I wanted to be friends with. And B, that a lot of them, the moment that they found out what I did, they were like, oh my God, Gabby, I need your help can you explain Instagram to me? And can you help me create my content? And and I just would be meeting up with these women for coffee or for lunch. And it would just be walking them through things. And then I realized like, I am loving this so much more than I do running the social media for mid-sized companies <laughs> with my agency. <laughs> like this. I'm going to transition my business completely into coaching. And so I started by through marketing coaching and teaching workshops and doing like small intimate group programs and um, doing like one-on-one coaching. And so that's how that whole chapter began um, from, from the original work. Okay. I have a question about this Um, because you are just such a creative person. Did you find along the way, and and you say your skill set in all this, these other skills that you kind of, um, 
honed in along the way. It sounds like they kind of mesh perfectly, but what about all of like the back end um, running logistical stuff? Is that something like, cause I feel like there's so many creatives out there. They're like, yes, 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 yes. But I don't want to do that part of it. So yes. did you do that? Did you hire it out? How did that look? Did, did your skills actually mesh with it? Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I don't know that I would have called myself a creative back then. Although like now looking back, I think I've always been, but I definitely, I'm like a very detail oriented, organized process person. So I was game to figure a lot of this stuff out, but I will say that my absolute saving grace was opening up to community of entrepreneurs in this time. Like there were more days than none out of the week. My dining room table was like during the day with two or three girlfriends and we were all like, all right, let's figure out MailChimp. All right. Like, what about this thing where you're, who's your accountant? I'm going to use them. I'm going to call them right now. Oh, and like, and wait, how are you doing with your business this week? Okay. I'm going to send you somebody because we need to get you to your goals by the end of the month. Like, there was this sense of support and community and collaboration that has always been very present with the way that I've understood running my business and has been at the core of like who I am as a person. Um, and so that was a huge part of what made it all um, seem doable because it was so different from what I knew, right? Like where I was working at the agency, all I had to worry about was walking in the room and giving a great pitch or a pitch or coming up with a great strategy. But when you run your own business, you have to be the accountant, you have to be the salesperson, you have to be the one who keeps the bookkeeping, you have to be like everything. And so finding support, and then yes, absolutely, when you're able to hiring out is essential. Okay. I think that will allow so many people listening in to realize that it is possible. And that community aspect is key because yeah, if you're sitting home trying to figure out MailChimp on your own, oh my gosh, you probably just want to bang your head off the wall. But if you've got some other people to collaborate with and figure it out and work together and and share, then I could see the process being so much more fun and kind of like thrilling, maybe like, oh my gosh, this is the next adventure. This is the next roadblock. This is the next problem. Let's get together. Let's figure it out. And when you have that sense of community and more minds coming together, then it just makes, like you said, it doable or easier, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it just made our workday so much more fun. (laughs) You know, you have your friends around, you order lunch, you figure it out. And it's also kind of like a way of recreating that camaraderie that you have at work. You know, like so many of my best friends from my 20s are people I met that I worked with at some company, you know. And so this is like a way of of not losing that um, when you become a business owner. Yeah, so, so, so important because, yeah, doing it alone or being at home in your little office by yourself alone all the time, um, maybe some of it would sizzle out because yeah, you have that camaraderie and those connections. So, okay. So then you started coaching these other women, you got together, you found community 
And then yeah. what happened next? How did you get into like the shadow integration? Did that come right away yeah. next or is that coming later on in this story? Well, so here's, and it's interesting how this whole, ha- whole thing happened because when I started my business, one of the things that I just knew intuitively to do, and I don't know how much I was like, I'm going to pursue this, but something inside me moved towards it is I immediately also signed up for this like really cool course on um, like spirituality and developing your groundedness and your sense of your essence and your who you are and like, you know, going after the things that you want to create in your life. And, and it's because I feel like I knew that strategy and like a to-do list alone wasn't going to be enough for me to build the strength of spirit that I was going to need to actually believe in myself, pursue and follow through with what I wanted with this business. And so it's almost like these like processes of learning to run a business and um, strengthening my spirit are happening in parallel through all of that. And then in 2016, um, at the end of the year, um, I, I found myself like wanting to go deeper. And that's when I first started studying shadow work. And so for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with shadow work, a shadow, the shadow is, um, it's based on the, the research and the findings of Carl Jung. And it is basically the best way to understand it is that it is, it is the part of us that represents and reflects um, maybe the things that we are afraid of, the, the places where we feel shame, the parts of us where we would rather not look, where we would rather hide or push down, the parts of us that we judge. And so the crux of it is that in those parts of us is actually our deepest wisdom, that in those parts of us that we are so often afraid to look at and that we are working so hard to ignore on a day-to-day basis, that that is exactly where we will find exactly what we're looking for. And so I began practicing shadow work for myself as part of my life. And I, I applied it to my relationships, to my work, to my the ways I felt about myself. And then it wasn't until la- no early this year that I joined a shadow certification coaching program where I'm now guiding others in their own shadow work, guiding others in an experience of coaching that allows them to connect to those parts of themselves and to unearth and uncover their truth and find the sort of force and fire within to move forward with what they want to create in their lives. Wow. Okay. What was it that was revealed to you? What did you find was your truth when you dove in and shed some light on these shadows that sometimes stay dormant forever. Yes, yes. Well, I will share very vulnerably because a lot of the things that are sometimes hidden in in the shadows and in the behavioral patterns that we want to disavow and say that that has nothing to do with us, but it's exactly like right where we are. The first um, incredibly humbling thing that I found when I did my own shadow work was I realized that at the time, I wasn't getting along very well with my son's father. And I realized that there was a part of me that actually loved that. There was a part of me that loved the drama, that loved sort of that, like, back and forth, I'm the hero, you're the villain. Like, 
there was a part of me that loved like perpetuating that, right? And it took like massive amounts of humble pie for me to accept that that is what was actually happening within me, right? Like, how can it be possible? I've been divorced for five years. How can I still be like that? But like to be at a place where I was like, okay, this is what's actually happening. And I can accept it. And I can love that part of myself. And in loving that part of myself who loves this drama and loves all this BS, what is possible, right? What uncovers? What are the possibilities in terms of my relationship with myself and how I feel about my own healing and what gets to happen here? And also in terms of how I relate to this person with whom I'm going to have a relationship with for the rest of my life because he is my son's father. And so coming from that place the expansion of possibilities that opens up, right? And that was just in one part of my life. Then on another part of my life, it was like what I saw as a ceiling or a cap to how successful and happy I allowed myself to be in my business. And I didn't realize that I had that cap, but only in shadow work did I realize like, oh, everything has been working up until now. And now that I want to get to this level in my business, everything is going to hell. Like nothing is working. Oh, I have... And understanding that I'm only meant to be this successful, this happy, this wealthy, right? So these are the kinds of things that there's like a part of us that knows that that's what's really going on, but we try really hard to ignore it. But these are the kinds of things that I find incredibly liberating to discover about yourself because now you're at a place of agency. And it's like, all right, now that I know the truth, now what do I get to do with this truth? How do I get to move forward? Mm, and is there any parts where you, the truth was kind of revealed and you're like, oh, but it's scary because now oh, I know the yes. truth, but now I have this choice. I can either, you know, put it under the rug again, or I can do something to create change. Because like you said, yes. part of what you're, we're doing is serving a piece of us. We're doing it for whatever reason it's connected to. So was yes. there, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, it is something that I'm reckoning with still, but it is the acceptance that like, I'm here to be a spiritual coach and teacher. And to say those words out loud has felt very, like much, like very scary and very much like a threat because I have come to understand the foundation of how I am known and my and my business as someone who helps women primarily start and grow businesses, and that that feels like a very present imperative and urgent need that people can assign a financial dollar value to, right? And so that there's what has been that driving force of my work for a very long time, and as I've been sort of moving along on this path of of helping people move through their own spiritual journey and uncovering their truth, there isn't, um, often there isn't like a clear pitch, right? Or like, how do you talk about this? Like it is something that is felt and that is experienced and that is known. And it has taken so much trust in that, that when I show up, I am trusting that whoever is meant to receive that message, it will land in them and they will get in touch with me because there isn't like a clean little pitch that you can wrap up in a bow the way I can, I can tell you like, here's how you increase your followers. 
and increase conversions from your social media, right? <laughs> like your spiritual journey is something that is completely individualized and personal to you. And so um, to, to show up as someone who is speaking into my story and into what I've seen with my clients and into the universal truths that I have come to learn um, has been something that has been more nuanced and more subtle and it has been less linear than we even talked about earlier. And so all of the sort of messiness of that is something that like makes my shadow go crazy. <laughs> but I also like have learned through the wisdom of my shadow that that is my path. And I um, am still working on fully embracing it. <laughs> to be honest. Yes. Um, and isn't that the truth? Like when you are, you know, like you said, you can teach strategy, you can teach how to get more followers, you can teach, you know, all of that stuff. Yes, it is it, tools that you need. But at the end of the day, all, all of that information is out there. So you can get it however you want. So people connect to you or who, whoever to get it. But then there's that added layer of, you know, well, if, if all the strategies out there, then shouldn't we all be like super, you know, living our greatest life into our power? Well, no, because you've got to do the shadow work. You've got to do the healing. It's that, that moves the needle because Absolutely. all of those things that are keeping us, you know, stuck or hitting the ceiling or hitting the wall, um, we can have all the information that we need. But then there's that spiritual work that really unearths like a new, like you said, it's hard to put it into words, like the feelings of like feeling so ignited and just free and open and spacious. Like, how do you even put that in that feeling, like put it in a little bottle and here it is, here's this yeah. little, little elixir, but yeah, we know it when we feel it. We know it when we feel it. And and one thing that I have come to like, that, that feels like a very foundational statement around it is that it's really comes down to who we believe ourselves to be. And that belief comes not only from your conscious self, the things that you say that you are, but it comes from who, like from your unconscious as well. Like at an unconscious level, who do you believe yourself to be? And what is that person worthy of receiving and of creating? And so from that place, having a very honest conversation with yourself about it and recognizing where the work gets to happen for you, because this is, and it has to also be said, lifelong work. It is never going to be done. We're going to be like on this for the rest of our lives. And, and to start to find um, joy and fulfillment in the journey itself joy fulfillment community support um thrill in the experience of it all in the celebration of your breakthroughs in the like the support that you need when you fall down and then coming back up but that this work of becoming your truest version of you becoming yourself your most authentic self i think is is work that just takes our whole lives and we get to embrace it mhm mm i fully agree with all of that. Yeah. I just said on a podcast, it just came out today when I'm 99 years old, I've said this so many times, 
I still want to be evolving and growing and peeling back the layers because there's just, like you said, it doesn't really end, but we don't need to be in a rush because we've got this time, but we can start at any point. We don't have to, we don't have to wait till next year or until next month or whenever it is. And we, there's no age that it's like, oh, this is just who I am now. I've been this way for so long. It's like, no, it, you can start at any point to do the work and the feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. The feelings that will come out of that will be so worth it. What would you say to somebody who knows that, you know, consciously and unconsciously, we've got all of this stuff going on that we've kind of picked up along the way, but then there's like the soul, this other level that really truly knows the path. What would you say to someone right now? That's like, Oh, I know I've got some work to do, but I just don't want to maybe open up Pandora's box or feel the feels, or it just seems really scary to actually go there. Yeah. I, I empathize completely, which is why I think that it's so powerful and beautiful to be held in this work. Um, I think that you're also able to go deeper when you're held in this work because you don't feel like you are alone. And so to have someone literally across from you, guiding you in the experience and supporting your your integration and your follow through around it is tremendous. Because I feel like if you're someone who is asking the question in the first place, you are probably more ready than you realize. And that the beautiful like little secret about shadow work is that once you get in there, this all these things that you're terrified of, like what you find is that every single part of you is completely in love with you and every single part of you is innocent. So there is no part of you that's trying to purposely mess with your life, right? It's about going into those parts of us with love, with openness, with acceptance, with approval and finding what expands, what opens up, what wisdom is revealed and what healing and integrating happens within you when you don't go in with judgment or like kind of ignoring it or pushing it down, but rather really fully embracing all the parts of us. And, and one of the things that I always remind my clients as we move into this work is that your body's not going to give you anything that you can't handle. And I think that one of the things that is so important as we are seeking to grow is that we don't consider that we actually need to expand our capacity to feel like if right now you decide I want to make 10 million dollars a year but everything in your energetic sort of vibration is vibing at a hundred thousand how are you going to get to 10 million right and like everything that 10 million brings right because if you have three haters now multiply them exponentially by the 10 million. If you have adoration and support and admiration from your people, multiply them for the 10 million, right? Like 
the expansion that will be required of you to be able to hold what you are calling in is massive. And sometimes we are so afraid to feel. But it is through this feeling that we grow, that we heal, that we expand, and that we step into the version of us that can actually hold the things that we want. Mm -hmm. So how have you seen that for yourself, that expansion, that your energetic level has kind of opened and expanded to invite in the next level. Can you give us some examples of how, you know, you've kind of opened up to? Yeah. I mean, for me right now, the most, the truest lived experience that I have had over the last few years of how this has manifested is that I went from a decade of being a single mom living with my son to marrying the love of my life and creating a blended family with my son and his three boys. So suddenly I am the stepmom to three boys. Suddenly I am married again after 11 years. Suddenly we are together one big family. Suddenly I am experiencing the kind of partnership and open-hearted commitment and love that I always wanted. Suddenly I am sitting with my son becoming a teenager and like being okay with like, all that that brings, right? Like the expansion that that has required of my heart and my awareness is massive, 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 massive. And it is not one that I would have been able to hold six years ago, for example, when I was living the life that I was living that was beautiful and perfect for that moment in my little house with my son. And it was just the two of us. And, you know, like, it, it's just, it's required a different version of me. And, and the beautiful thing that you learn when you choose to live this way is that every time something comes up where there's like, where like something rubs on you the wrong way or you get upset and you don't realize how to be in a relationship with someone else who is lovingly willing to call you in on it and to have the desire to the moment that you're ready turn towards the situation and be like, I'm ready to see whatever muck is here to be cleared and seen and moved through. Um, Because this thing that just happened is an invitation to go deeper into the love and the connection with the people that I love. And so I'm going to keep turning towards as much as like it hurts my ego and it makes me angry. I'm going to keep turning towards and keep turning towards and keep turning towards. And so that's like one huge place in my life where this is all manifested in a very like clear and like consistent way in the last few years. Wow. Oh my goodness. Like that's just so beautiful. Um, And I love that you say <laughs> that, you know, where you were a few years ago was perfect and the moment and what it was supposed to be like that our journeys are kind of wherever we are wherever you are right now it's the perfect place to be and you're continually changing and evolving and growing and you just kind of invited this possibility about what is available how things can so change so like big scale and how much that takes to really 
set the ego aside, get vulnerable because I don't know, I've just found this, this keeps coming up for me is like to give and receive love. It's like, I I can feel it in my throat to give and receive Mm -hmm. love is like the most vulnerable place to be openly for myself, just because of like all of, all of the things that I recognize that. So to be in a place where it just like free flows in and out so easy and effortlessly. Um, yeah. What a beautiful place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I had no idea what was in store for me as I started this relationship and it's been perfect and beautiful every step of the way, because I know that I've experienced and been shown these different layers as I've been ready for them. And as I've moved through other layers and so like being committed to all of it, right. Being committed to the experience with everything that it comes. I think I've come to understand partnership and family in ways that are just like in terms of like me creating my own in terms of in ways that I never could wrap my head around before this. Mm, Yeah. I think that is so cool that you invite in what you've never even thought, like the things that come to you are so surprising and so lovely that you, you maybe aren't even expecting. So now you're at this place. So where do you see yourself going next? What's the next? Is there any ideas that you've got in you? You say like every few years, I just listened to this podcast. I'm like, okay, this is so not you, but because I'm this way, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm always like creating. I I have like a million things and they're all so exciting. And then I listen to a podcast and they're like, if you want to move and you're one of those people that just want to move every couple of years, instead of moving, just rearrange the furniture. And <laughs> so and this is, this is even me. I'm like, when I buy furniture, I intentionally think about not that I want to move all the time, but how I can rearrange it in my house. So I'm not yes. bored and how many different ways, but yes. it seems to me that, you know, maybe that's not the case for you or for other people, or maybe even myself, that it's not necessarily just rearranging what we have, or maybe it's adding the layer. So what is it that you have on your mind and your heart and your soul that you're like, okay, maybe this is the next direction or the next layer? Well, I feel very called to write. And it's really funny because for the kids, sometimes we play these games and we're like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And it's really cute for them because they're like 15 and then there's like, you're be an adult and da, da, da. But for me, I always say like, I'm an author and, and I like, I can't tell you where that comes from. It just like pops out of me and I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? um, but I really enjoy writing. And so recently how I'm honoring that sort of soul desire is I started a Substack. And I've been writing there every week. And it's just like essentially long form blogging like the internet used to be. You remember like the internet almost 20 years ago that it was like really cool place where you could like dive deep into like things you loved without being hit with 25 ads. 
Um, and, and it was just as you could just like geek out on things and find community in ways that felt more authentic. So to me, Substack feels like that. And it also feels like a place where I can start to explore this love of writing because I'm not sure exactly what I will be writing about um, a whole book. But I certainly love writing these posts and sharing them with my community. So that's that's what's next right now. Um, I really feel like that I I will probably get to a point where that is what I primarily do with my life is write. Um, and that all of these experiences over these years as a coach um, are, are really informing my own understanding of what I will later share. So. How exciting. Okay. Tell me what is Substack because it's come up a, a few times lately and I'm like, I have not heard of this. So. So it, imagine like Medium, the blogging platform and MailChimp had a baby. It's almost because it's because you blog there and people can find you there. You can search by topic and, and you're discoverable, right? The things that you share are discoverable. People can subscribe to your posts and then they receive them in email. Okay. So that is what Substack is. And I'm still like learning like the lingo of Substack, but I'm just really enjoying sharing this kind of content and having it because I feel like I was also like pouring so much heart and soul into my emails and then they were like, gone you know and then I was like you know what like I, I am treating these emails like they're a blog and so why don't I just get a blog in 2023 so <laughs> you know? cool I love it I love it that is genius yes where it still lives and you can find it and you can absolutely yeah, and then share it with everyone yeah. who wants to be a part of it okay I think your story is just absolutely like out of this world. Incredible. I love all the little pieces along the way of your, your story. Um, I think so many people are going to be inspired wherever they are in the journey. There's so many places that you took us that they can insert themselves. Like I'm at this point yeah. or this point or this point, And then here's where I can, you know, go next. So where can everybody connect with you, uh, follow you, find all of you, the stuff that you have to offer? Tell us where we can all get in touch. Absolutely. So the main places these days are Instagram. So I'm at the Gabby Guzman. So G-A-B-Y-G-U-Z-M-A-N. My substack is called Bruja Soul. So that's which in Spanish. So B-R-U-J-A Soul. And um, you can always go to my website, GabbyGuzman.com. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I loved every second of it. I had so much fun, Candice. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.